This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. The Cubby House is a show about two cub-identifying guys exploring the big and hairy issues in and around the bear community. This program is designed for a mature audience. It may contain adult themes, sex and drug references, and of course, coarse language. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to the Cubby House for the 21st of May 2012. I'm Cookie. And I'm Kevin. And we've got another wonderful week coming up with it's just the two of us, mostly. Mostly. Mostly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a, a, another guest on the phone coming up for you later in the show. But we've, tonight, might I say thank you to Amy from Kiss My Arts, who's made another wonderful show. And tonight on the Cubby House, we've got our regular discussion with Vic Bears president, Rob Cam. Then you take us through some definitions in Kink Corner. Uh, well, a bit more of an abbreviation as to what we had on last week. Uh, in the geek section, you go through some top tech myths. Yeah, I just thought I'd uh, bust some myths while I'm at it. I must say, some of them are pretty interesting. I, I constantly try and bust one of them in particular a lot. Well, now we're about to do it. And thankfully nothing else was busted. But t- well, something else <laughs> might have been leaked, might we say, when Kodak, who've recently gone under, has uh, been found to have... Some a- of their uh, skeletons come out of the closet. Yes, nuclear reactor was one of them. <laughs> but, but more on that later. Yes, yes. Um, I go through uh, what I find of Diablo 3 so far. Um, and then you take us through some etiquette, some feng shui for a tea party? Well, a tea party or the like, if you will. Just, <laughs> well, just some tips. I'm interested to see what you come up with. Well, you'll have to wait and see. But for tonight, we'd be uh, interested in your information and your input. feedback. <laughs> well, yes. amongst other things, on... A discussion topic we have, which is, what is your favourite horror movie? Want to have your say on The Cubbyhouse Project? Contact us through Facebook at facebook.com slash The Cubbyhouse. The Cubbyhouse Project on Joy 94.9. On music, while we're at it, you found a CD just out of complete curiosity that you were really enthralled by here tonight, weren't you? <laughs> really? Do you want me to go into that? Quickly, yes. Our music choice is so awesome, so fantastically great. It's only did a, a promo um, album, which they have, you know, good music coming out, and it was May 1. We've already played all the tracks on it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You've kept your finger on the pulse on that one. Something else we've... Uh, been doing tonight is we got one of our guests on to uh, or one of our regular listeners shall i say on to have a bit of a discussion and here it is now sorry there you go oh yeah. she's gonna kill you yeah i'm sure she is <laughs> here it is on joy 94.9 <laughs> hold on we've got karen one of our avid listeners how are you I'm good. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, we thought we'd give you a call and put you through the rapid-fire questions tonight. I can just imagine everyone's reaction. Oh, my God, it's a female! Could, could I uh, stir the pot and say I'm a red-headed female? Oh, no, really? Yes. Uh, I'm a ranger. 
Can, can we can, Cookie, is it too late to get someone else now? No. Oh. We've got to... Well, let's go through them. So you know the drill now. Rapid-fire questions. First thing that pops into your head when we ask. Mm-hmm. Your age. I am 28. Happy birthday for last week. Thank you. <laughs> Name one thing you miss about being a kid. Getting away with murder. That's a classic one. Come up with another one. Come up with another one? Okay. Mm, being able to wear a potty all the time. <laughs> okay, just the visual on that one. Okay, uh, we're going to move on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> do you have any hidden talents besides potty wearing? Mm, yes. <laughs> and what are they? If I do, you'd have to be classifying your uh, radio show as well and truly X-rated. <laughs> Okay. What body part do you get caught staring at? The eyes. What's the last thing that you purchased? Diablo 3. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. Yeah, we're going to talk on that a bit later. Um, what's your current obsession apart from Diablo 3? Trains. Trains. You're a red-headed train geek. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm a roll enthusiast. Do you have any phobias? Ooh, where do I start? I've got astrophobia and arachnophobia. What's astrophobia? Lightning and thunder. Ooh. Okay. Sexually, what melts your butter? A good hard whip and probably a lot of whipped cream. <laughs> Imaginative. All right. You wake up in a prison cell. What most likely is the crime you've committed? Treason. <laughs> of what order? Again, no hesitation. All right, Cookie, you can ask the next question. You're about to be sent to a deserted island and can only carry three non-electrical possessions. What are they? My collar. Oh. My husband. <laughs> He's a possession, yes. He is a possession. I have my wedding band to prove it. <laughs> and probably... I'd probably say a car tyre. A car tyre. It's floatable. No. To swing off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lastly, what's your favourite type of anime? Ooh, I can either go hentai or manga. Specifically? Specifically, I'm a Neon Genesis freak, but I'm also a Bible Black freak. Have you ever watched um, Black Butler? No. Very good. But I have heard about it. Very good. So, describe the first time you went to a gay bar. I'm actually a gay bar virgin. Haven't been to one. I did all my picking up of my bisexual friends over the internet. There you go. Well, thank you very much, Karen. You're welcome. If I have a wonderful evening. You too. And here on the Cubby House, we are asking the question from you tonight. What is your favourite horror movie? Want to have your say on the Cubby House project? Contact us through Facebook at facebook.com slash the Cubby House. The Cubby House project on Joy 94.9. Now, is, is that going to be one of your uh, tracks that you're going to but, uh, recommend <laughs> for the, the charts here? Maybe. It's actually from 2011. Oh. But if you would like to uh, send in some suggestions or any songs that you would like us to play, just send them into contact at thecubbyhouse.net.au. And on the line, we have... The one, the only, the current president, Mr. Rob Cam of Vic Bears. How are you? I'm great, Cookie. Hey, and yourself? Hey, Kevin. How you doing, boys? Hey, Rob. 
Now we've got you on for our regular segment. Tell us all about the world of Vic Bears. So how did last end night go? It was combat, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Our combat dead night, which followed just after the Anzac Day holiday there. So everyone was geared up in, um, in respect of our armed forces there. So there was lots of um, colour and movement, so to speak, on the night. It was great. It was, so, really, it was a great night there, good gathering. and How, how, many, col- how many colours were there? It wasn't just the standard army greens, was it? No, there wasn't. There was. I remember, um, yeah, there was a shot of, um, I think you took a cookie of about five of us with different coloured camos. <laughs> Only on a bear night would you see that, I think. <laughs> yeah, so it was, um, it was a great gathering, good get-together. Awesome. And what do we have on for this month? This uh, It's on Saturday, isn't it? It's this coming Saturday night, yeah, the fourth Saturday of every month, as we do, and it just happens to coincide with Eurovision this weekend. <laughs> yeah, so we wouldn't dare clash with the final, uh, which was on um, Sunday night, but our dare night on Saturday is the semi-final, so we're turning over the TVs in Nuggets Bar at the Laird to uh, the Eurovision semis, and there'll be big gathering bears of us bears there, of course, as well, being our dare night. And, and the disco balls in the back pockets? Well, I can't promise that. <laughs> no, you should share with us what the hanky code for that one is, all right, Cookie? That, that is the disco... <laughs> that is Eurovision. It's a disco ball. I, I, I'm, I'm oh. not supporting this at all. Oh, wow, I'll have to give a mirror ball out somewhere. <laughs> Don't you, don't you dare. Are you actually emceeing the event for us? I can imagine you up there going, you know, this country votes this many. I'll speak to the boys. I'll see if we get that <laughs> ball installed. But hey, it is our last den night before the big southern hibernation. I know it's on dun, everyone's minds at the moment. Everyone's planning for it. So that's going to be um, a big focus for us as well on helping everyone get their final passes and tickets together and, and spruik a bit more about um, what's going on in Hibernation Week coming up in June. That's right, because it's only 20 days until it starts, isn't it? Yes, I know you've got the countdown on the time, <laughs> I think. Oh, he's, he's, got, he's got the production <laughs> countdown going, yes. Uh, it is three weeks away, yeah. Queen's birthday weekend, it kicks off on June 10. So that is three weeks yesterday. So less than three weeks yet, we'll be kicking off our biggest Bear Pride Week of the Year here in Melbourne, um, all uh, part of hibernation and the big fundraising that we do. So it's going to be huge. And I know we've got the old ones, like the old events coming back, like obviously Mr. Australasian Bear Contest. We've got the Under Bear Dance. Um, we, yeah, what else we have we got? We don't like to call them old so much. <laughs> they forever Round popular. Yeah, a lot of these have been around for the 17 years or so we've been running hibernation in its various forms. But you're right. The big ones are back. Everyone loves the underbear dance. It's going to be a little bit different this year. I've had a few questions about underbear, but we're taking over the entire venue this year, and you should wait till you see what we're doing with the Nuggets Bar. It's going to be really cool. So, yeah, total um, takeover for the underbear dance and some great DJs there on the Wednesday night. Of course, we missed Australasia, Australasia Bear Contest on the Saturday night. Round up the big final dance where we all just let our hairs down and have a wild time. We're taking that to the GH Hotel this time in St Kilda, so it's going to be wild. So all the big ones are there. Some new ones, uh, some new events. We've got uh, Kesara's fabulous Melbourne Zoo Tour on the Saturday morning um, after many years' absence there. She's coming down from the bush to do that especially for us, which we can't wait. From a secret uh, hideaway, yes. Yeah, secret hideaway there. We've also got, uh, what else have we got? We've got the big furry films afternoon. I shouldn't be talking about that because it's sold out. It's sold out about a week ago. Are you kidding? Wow. Yes, yeah. We booked the whole theatre at Sun Theatre 
in Yarraville, and it's sold out. So unfortunately, that one's gone. So forget I even mentioned that, but those who've got the tickets, that one will be <laughs> pleased about that. Um, Nathan Little's doing it to cock out on the Tuesday night. We've got a full-day tour, the Bears on tour. We've got a whole big luxury coach going bush for the whole day on Friday. It's Friday the 15th. We're going to have a few wineries, a brew house, a big bistro lunch, um, and we'll drop everyone back in Collingwood after that as well. And a new spin this year of our Friday night live, big live entertainment night is Bearlesque. Now, hang on. So, does this mean you get to dress up? No. No, oh we, we made sure that Rob wasn't dressing up this year. They've, they've asked me not to go to this event. No. Oh, we weren't that uh, bad, Rob. No, 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 no. I had the pleasure of hosting you the last couple of years, but we have um, our wonderful life member, Nev Flegg, and the fabulous Adam Richard, um, co-hosting the event this year with some fantastic live entertainment. We've got singing, we've got dancing, we've got comedy, we've got bands. It's going to be a great night. And we get to see the contestants sort of strut their uh, stuff for the first time as well. On this is our introduction to the contestants, isn't it? It is, yes. Wait till you see what, we're going to, um, what mm-hmm. they've got in mind for that one. So it's going to be a good one. But this, um, of course, the whole reason we're doing it for is the big fundraising week because it always has been over our history. And over the years, I think we've added up. We've raised over $100,000 now over 18 years, 17 years. Wow. Um, and for local charities. And this year will be a bumper one as well. And it's, uh, this year we've decided to go through, donate everything to the Anti-Violence Project. And Greg Atkins, the director of AVP, will actually be at our den night this coming Saturday uh, to tell us a little bit more about what AVP is doing and where the funds are going to be put to great use. Excellent. Um, so, You've got quite a goal set for how much you want to be able to give him at the end of hibernation, don't you? It's the yeah, first time... Yeah, we, you're right. We all did as a sort of committee sort of set a target and, and ideally wanted to sort of shoot for about $15,000 donation. I know we've said that a few times out there to the community and, and to our members as well. So everything we're working so hard towards and all the events and the passes and tickets we're selling and the big raffle ticket. That, the big raffle goes on sale this Saturday night as well, actually, a couple of weeks early. So you can win on the big package up to Turtle Cove Resort is a great sponsor as well. And we've got photo packages. We've got about $5,000 worth of donations from local um, businesses that we're giving away um, during hibernation as well. So it's all going towards AVP. But, yeah, fifteen grand would be wonderful to be able to hand over to AVP in the end. That's the plan. Excellent. Well, it sounds like it's going to be an absolutely jam-packed week with lots of giveaways to anyone that decides to come. Now, how can people find more information about this, you know, get the tickets before they sell out? Yes, pre-sale tickets and passes are still on sale right up until the 9th of June, and everyone can save 5 to 20 bucks or so by getting a pre-sale ticket. Tickets are a little bit more expensive on the door on the night for all the events, so I encourage everyone to get a ticket online or in person at the Madhouse store. Yep. Um, you can go, yeah, to Madhouse or to southern hibernation.com.au or through the link on bigbears.org.au website there. Awesome. Thank you very much for that, Rob. No worries, guys. Have a great night, and we'll see you at Den Night singing at Eurovision. Excellent. Have a good night. All right, for those people that didn't quite catch it, that website for Southern Hibernation is www.southernhibernation.com or if you want to find out more information on VicBears itself, it's uh, vicbears.org.au. Thank you very much. You're on the Cubby House on Joy 94.9 and we have been asking you, what is your favourite horror movie? Be careful what you're wearing. You never know what you're asking for here on the Kink Corner. And no, Dirty Shame does not consider a horror movie. Oh, you? yes, it is. No, it is not. Oh, I was... I, ew, horror. Ooh, horror. <laughs>
You can, you can join our Facebook discussion at facebook.com forward slash the cubby house. Well, I discuss with you, Kevin, and with you, who is listening, uh, last week, if you may recall, I went through some acronyms. The two that I want to pick out again is SSC and RACK. SSC, for those who may not have heard it before, is safe, sane, and consensual. RACK stands for risk assessed consensual kink. Now, there's there's been a bit of dichotomy for a while in the kink community about these two terms. Now, I didn't give you a straight answer before, Kevin. So on further research, I find this about these two terms. SSC was the first to come along. It was the egg before the chicken in this case. And it was used as a defining slogan in the early 80s to allow the BDSM community to positively shine through the fear and anticipation that they're all harmful antisocial predators, which was the big issue and expectation and belief. Um, so as an outsider to the kink community, it was a fair and simplified way to explain it. Not the be-all and end-all statement, but a beginning of a discussion. Now, since the days of the internet and public online forums and debate, the term has been used as a beating stick for any arguments in this realm. With self-proclaimed experts trying to dictate what is simply safe or not safe for the masses, while the discussion could be productive to new ways of thinking, we all know people aren't always humble enough to agree to disagree in some points. So that's where RAC comes in and has become quite popular in the t in that particular reason. Uh, within the community itself, it places the expectation of an expert to the individual to learn and decide for themselves what is acceptable and safe. Now, having read a short essay, which I'll be posting later on our Facebook page, um, it was featured in Culture BDSM, sorry, CrossCultureBDSM.com. Um, coming back to the RAC mentality is what I'm actually starting to think about because the point is driven home with this particular quote from the essay. Our community does not need more budding kinksters doing risky things without hesitation or education because some expert told them it was safe. We need individuals who take personal responsibility to research and hone their craft while knowing the risks of what they are doing and can explain them clearly to the people they play with. Now, on a funnier note in this essay, I also found the term prick in this one, which doesn't have the same a similar connotation, but uh, it stands for Personal Responsibility Informed Consensual Kink. Well, thank you very much for going away and researching that. Thank you very much, Lee. That was Kink Corner for this week. You are on the Cubby House. And... <laughs> what an intro. And... What an intro. All right, well, so we've got a Get Your Geek On section. Um, and I thought I'd quickly go through some of the top persuasive tech, uh, tech myths um, that are apparently just wasting time. Now, there was a list of 10 of them, but I've only pulled a few of them, so you know how Yay. I love my lists. Right. Number nine on this list was lossless music sounds better than MP3s. While bitrate can make a difference in your music, there's a pretty big misconception that as long as you have a good ear, you can hear the difference between lossless files and MP3. Right. It takes a lot more than careful listening. You need a very fine-tuned ear, some really high-end speakers, and a specific type of music, like classical or jazz. Yeah, if you don't believe me, take an ABX test with your own music files and find out for yourself. You might be surprised at the results. Now, another one which is hotly contended is number eight. 
Android task killers are necessary for good performance. Yes, I'm interested in this one. Not only have we Android users perpetuated this myth, but lots of hardware manufacturers and mobile phone carriers will recommend that you use a task killer to lengthen your battery life and speed up your phone. Not only will they do nothing for your battery life, but most are designed to solve problems that don't really exist, like running out of RAM. If you experience performance boosts with a task killer, it's probably because you're killing a task that's either gone awry, in which case you're better off just rebooting your phone, or because you've downloaded a poorly written app, in which case you're probably better off deleting it. Now, I'd, I'd like or to reinstalling argue, it. I'd like to argue is, can you normally pick which is the problem app? Because some, well, apps, some apps run in the background. With the task killers, you see the tasks that are constantly being killed. Well, the one I've got. Yes. Uh, you can see the, t- the the list. And if I see one that's up there constantly, I kind of question and whether I need to actually have that on your phone. Now, another one that comes from U.S. is number seven, and that's jailbreaking your phone is illegal. Ooh. The U.S. Copyright Office has officially said that jailbreaking is completely legal and has to do with the device that you own. I mean, as long as you aren't pirating apps or anything like that. You know, that's common sense, but that's not the jailbreaking itself. That said, there are lots of ways that you're probably breaking the law without knowing it. So read up on the, uh, uh, read up on it if you are curious. Jailbreaking is something that you really need to read up on before you just simply do it to your phone. Now, the next one, I'm going to say I have prolifically told everybody this. Yes, yes, yes. All Nobody right. can stand on their high pedestals now. This is a, a common myth. Mac users don't need to worry about malware. <laughs> yeah. Mac users have often touted that the computers are more secure than Windows PCs, which is a very hotly contended issue. Some say that you know, OS X's Unix underpinning make it inherently more secure, while others claim it's only because the Mac isn't a big target for viruses. Either way, it's important to note that while viruses aren't as widespread as they are in Windows, Macs are far from immune. In fact, we've already seen a few instances of real Mac malware. Don't let your choice of OS obscure the fact that safe browsing and common sense are the best protection against viruses and other malware. After all, just because that email virus doesn't affect you doesn't mean you can't pass it on to other Windows-using friends. Very true. That's another good point. So for the full list compiled today by uh, Whitson Gordon and further information on any of the tech myths discussed today, please visit gizmodo.com. Um, and please, 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 the most important thing, make sure you do your research before believing in any kind of tech myths. Yes. I will stress that no end. More important than anything. And that has been Get Your Geek On. Thank you very much, Kevin. From around the den to around the globe, this is Bear News. Right, Kodak may be going under, but apparently they could have started their own nuclear war if they'd wanted, just six years ago. Slight hyperbole, but down in a basement in Rochester, New York, they had a nuclear reactor loaded with 3.5 pounds of enriched uranium. Hello. The same kind used in atomic warheads. Whoopsie. Mm. Why did Kodak have a hidden nuclear reactor loaded with weapons-grade uranium then? And how did they get permission to own it, let alone have it in a basement in the middle of a densely populated city? Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows. Kodak officially now admits that they never made any public announcement about it. In fact, nobody in the city, officials, police, or firemen, or in the state of New York or anywhere else, knew about it 
until it was recently leaked by an ex-employee. Its existence and the whereabouts was purposefully kept vague, and only a few engineers and federal employees really knew about it. Okay. Now, it is important to also note that, yes, it is a big no-no, and that nobody knew about it, but it wasn't quite enough to actually arm a warhead. It was a smaller amount, but it was apparently enough to be able to, you know, sell on the black market if someone had managed to get their hands on it. Yes. And the fact that no one else knew about it, that's a big no-no. It's extremely strange that Kodak managed to get this. According to Miles Pomper from the Center for Non-Proliferation Studies in Washington, it's such an odd situation because private companies just don't have this material. Yes. Now, in their defense, they didn't use it for anything sinister. They used it to check materials for impurities as well as neutron radiography testing. The reactor, uh, I'm going to try and... Californium Neutron Flux Manipulator, try and say that ten times fast, was acquired in 1974 and loaded with three and a half pounds of enriched uranium plates placed around a Californium 2.252 core. For those of you that need to know that information. Well, yeah, those, yeah. We're not Jimmy Neutrons, but okay. Yes, some people probably understood that. I vaguely understood that, but that's not for me to decide. Hmm. The reactor was installed in a closely guarded two-foot-thick concrete walled underground bunker in the company's headquarters, where it was fed tests through a pneumatic system. According to the company, no regular employees were ever in contact with the reactor. Charming. Still a worry that they had it and no one knew about it, though. Yes, yes, indeed. And anyway, that's that, that, that's it for Bear News. There you go. Now, we have been asking the question, what's your favourite horror movie now? We have had a few people. We've had some good answers yes, so far. Uh, Make sure you get yours in. Well, I particularly like Mark's. Apparently, Justin Bieber's Never Say Never. Well, if he's allowed to say that, I want to add Spice Girls in there. That's just, that's just a movie <laughs> how you shouldn't do things. I, I believe Stephen's also... Uh, Yes, Stephen actually rang in. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, His favourite horror movie is Vincent Price's House of Wax. Cool. We'll go through all the rest of them at the end of the show. But if you'd like to add your answer to the the pile, you can do so by these means. Want to have your say on The Cubbyhouse Project? Contact us through Facebook at facebook.com slash The Cubbyhouse. The Cubbyhouse Project on Joy 94.9. You're in The Cubbyhouse. Joy 94.9 with Kevin and Cookie. Now... Uh, we've spoken about this game earlier this year. It's finally out. It's finally released. I've been playing it and I'm addicted. It is. Those who haven't got a copy of one of Blizzard's triad successes, Diablo 3 has taken the gaming community by storm this week. Has it actually managed to get you off Warcraft? Yes. Oh, wow. It must be good. Yes, yes. There you go. Highly anticipated return of the internal conflict of heaven and hell, Diablo 3 begins with a falling star signaling the next chapter of Deckard Cain, his niece Leah, and the plague of demons sweeping the land in the wake of the remaining two lesser evils trying to stake claim on the world. With the choice of five different playable characters, you battle your way through constantly shifting maps with quite often one or more companions to assist you with the swarms of enemies. Now, Blizzard has, with this game, combined the elements from their two other heavyweights, StarCraft and WarCraft, with the friends' multiplayer ability to join each other's quest lines to help each other out with various characters' different talents. Now, from Warcraft, it's also taken on board the quest prompters, both in breaking down the main quest into subquests and map points. Now, this gives this, the game an almost handheld feel to it in comparison to its predecessors, 
And it's also gotten a little annoying, however, but I've found it's manageable over time. Another addition is being online is the ability to record and share game-based achievements, as opposed to the offline predecessors. Having achievements for progressing through the game is rewarding at first, but here's where I wonder how much of a stretch it is for the elite completionists. You understand what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, for those of us that you know want those um, platinum trophies on well, PlayStation. Well, that or they just have to <laughs> unlock everything, basically. <laughs> Now, Laura's quite well explained, finally. Uh, for those who have played the previous games, you find it a bit hard to sometimes follow what they're actually talking about, uh, to the point where your companions also engage in dialogue through the game and help piece together parts you may have missed or not understood before. Now, uh, the other thing I didn't script here is the fact that it's gone from being a potion-based key-smashing thing and a mouse clicky thing to actually allowing you to use a few more keys in creating and adding more spells, allowing different talent trees to be used. Now from the game that brings family together unravels the mysteries of the heavens, cleansing the pits of hell and makes you hungry for more. I give Diablo three thus far four and a half pause. And so far I'm about halfway. If you want to know uh, with one evil down and the final one on the warpath, I can't wait to finish this game as soon as possible. Want to have your say on the Cubby House project? Not yet. <laughs> Do you want to try that again? Yeah, probably with this one. Aww. No, no. How about I go through the discussion topic, which we are actually having tonight? It is what is your favourite horror movie? Yes, and you can get your uh, answers in on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Cubby House. And I think this is the track I was trying to get to. Because even animals have class. Welcome to another instalment of Ursine Etiquette. Yes, now, uh, it's been occurring to me over this past weekend, I've been, I've been to a few gatherings, and it's one of those things that I just had in the back of my mind, these gatherings, and that is the placement of seats. Now, for those of us who hold parties, or even the odd get-together, Feng Shui although convoluted at times, does bring some mindful tips, even if you don't follow the spiritual mentality behind it. I'm sorry, but unfortunately, see, I made the mistake of making my boyfriend watch the three extended editions of Lord of the Rings. Yes. In return, he's made me watch the entire first season of Big Bang Theory. And the only thing I can think of this is Sheldon sitting there going, this is my seat. It's my seat because in summer, it's, you know, the perfect distance from the air conditioner, and in winter, it's the perfect distance, you know, from the heater and blah, 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 blah. Is this, is, is this a similar thing? Mm, kind of, but no. All right. No, it's actually um, got more to do with the people who sit in them. Now, the one I had in mind was the term the dragon seat of power. And it's usually referred to with either a dining or a lounge setting. And it's known for the seats or seat in direct line, usually diagonally opposite to any door in the room. And it's most powerful seat, enabling the site for anyone entering or exiting the room. Now, for Feng Shui, it's not, it is so you don't disrupt the seat's chi. But in more practical terms, it's best to sit an anxious person or someone new and unfamiliar here so they are put into a more spatially aware position. They can see 
things that are happening and people coming in and out. Makes sense. Um, now, the seats flanking this dragon seat of power are referred to as the honoured guest seats. And they work in a similar way to the dragon seat and give the seater a good view of the room in general. So, you know, a good friend, a favourite uncle, whatever the case may be, this is a good place to sit them. Now, any seat that has its back to the door is known in Feng Shui as the bending bamboo seats. Now, as the name suggests, people sitting in these seats, is they are comfortable enough with the space and it isn't bothered by someone new walking into the room. Alternatively, it's a good seat for an unwanted guest as they're not aware of the possible cat or dog stalking up behind them to give them a good scare. No comment, Kevin? <laughs> it's usually me. Yes. So, if you're holding a housewarming, a karaoke night, or even a simple movie night, these tips are really good to help make your guests more relaxed and at home for a more pleasant gathering. Yeah, I suppose it, it really depends on the guests. Things change and it depends on the situation. Um, I'm more likely to sit on the floor and play with whatever animals around, you know, dogs, cats, or anything like that. They tend to grab my attention. Yes, but by the same token, you're a, of a personality type that can respectfully dominate that sort of a situation as opposed to being offered a certain seat. Thank you, I think. <laughs> well, you have a, yeah, you can make yourself at home anywhere, one would think. Thank you, I think. <laughs> Excuse me, just invite me over and I'll take over. Yes, yes. Now, we have been asking you on Facebook and on the air, what is your favourite horror movie? We've had some good answers. Yes. Uh, Philip says, whatever happened to Baby Jane? Uh, Matt was a fan of The Others. It's a good movie. Apparently, I have not I seen like it. it. Uh, Raymond, uh, regular listener, says Poltergeist. Yes, Rob. Which one that was? I remember two or three was very scary. Okay. Uh, Rob has said Halloween. Uh, Philip comes back on to say Blair Witch Project is a favourite too. Yes. Uh, Frosty <laughs> Dan says Milo and Otis. Fair enough. Yes, uh, yes. What else have we got? We've got Mason who says Martyrs. A horror thriller mm-hmm. drama. Uh, Drew says Dr. Giggles. And Marcus says The Descent. Okay. I think that was the one where they were going into some sort of hole and there was an oogly boogly monster in there that was eating them all. Okay. What are your favourite then? Uh, old school is when I was a kid, I snuck out of my bedroom one night and hid behind the couch while my parents were watching a Stephen King movie, mm-hmm. uh, which was The Watchers. Right. And it scared the bejesus out of me. Okay. It was, it was quite a scary one. Um, and also another Stephen King, It. Hmm. Fair enough. One of the reasons I still don't like clowns. <laughs> charming, charming. What about you? Me, uh, the only one I can think of at the time is Alien, which I only recently watched. I've never seen Alien too recently. Oh, that was a good one. The first time I watched that, I actually fell asleep. Okay. Now, you asked me this question last week, so I'm going to ask you, Kevin, what's the, one of the most important pieces of sex advice you could give your virgin self? Sex is fun. Yeah, you, you at one point didn't realise this? <laughs> well, once upon a little time when I was a virgin. Um, sex is fun. Don't be afraid to just throw yourself in. Try new things. Obviously, 
make sure you're safe. Make sure everything's consensual. Make sure that, you know you look after yourself and the people you play with. But the most important lesson you can learn is sex is fun. Awesome. Thank you very much, Kevin. And thank you very much for listening to The Hubby House. You can check us out over the week. We are podcastable via iTunes. But you can also check out our blog, thecubbyhouse.net.au. It has all the links, everything up to date. Um, Facebook.com forward slash The Cubby House on Facebook. Make sure you like us. We're also on Twitter at The Cubby House, if you want to join that and know when all our blog posts and everything go up. And email contact at thecubbyhouse.net.au. I'm Cookie. And I'm Kevin. And before I go, Kevin, how's that photo project going? Oh, I've got the photos. I just haven't posted them yet. Okay, right. Stay tuned for that one on Facebook. (laughs) Stay tuned for Fresh Air coming up now on Joy 94.9. We'll catch you next Monday here on Joy. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.